Carden. Blair. Pondering Monkeys, episode Pondering two. Pondering Monkeys. The second, the second uh, happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got to ask you, Carden. Um, you know, we've we've been talking about this, doing this podcast for quite a while. Yeah. We got our first, our first episode was last week. How's it feel? If you know what, it feels really good. It feels really good. I think that we uh, we hit some uh, some really good topics last week. Yeah, it was a good good flow. Just uh, you know, it was great. It was it, as always. It was great talking to you. <laughs> well, yeah, we. Are, I mean, the, that's one thing that let us do this in the first place. We we usually do have some some good conversations, and but I, I think I'm thinking more of um, and I and I I don't know about you, but you know, doing a podcast is something I've wanted to do for probably actively for probably five or six years. Um, that's so. And, funny. You know, I and we're in the same boat. And when you brought this up, it was uh, for me. It was funny because I've been pitching this idea. For many of my friends <laughs> and brothers for a long time, nobody yeah. would go for it. So that says a little bit either about me or about <laughs> or about uh, just doing podcasts. But it's so nice to actually be on and doing it. It's fun. Yeah. Well, no, I'm 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 super stoked. Um, you know, I even it's funny because on my on my phone, my iPhone, I found some recordings I did um, five years ago and. When I was kind of fleshing out this idea of a podcast, I didn't even know what it would be about. You know, I just knew I wanted to do one. Um, and and I'm not even sure, really sure why, because I, I don't have, you know, I've never been a, I've, I don't have any background in radio or anything like that. It's just something that I really wanted to do. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when I would travel, I would put on the recorder on my iPhone and I would just do these kind of simulated you know, just to see how it sounded and to see how easy it is to kind of stay on task and yeah. and talk about stuff. And anyway, I found those recordings and it was, they're awful. You know, the, the <laughs> I did not <laughs> think that's where you're going. I thought, I, honestly, I thought that you're going to, I thought this was going toward, and it was gold. And I, and from then <laughs> no, on, I knew it's actually always podcast. You know, no. I do the exact same things, except mine are always like, I'll go back and listen to them and they'll be like, movie idea. Okay. Man enters into a uh, a world that he dream, you know, stupid stuff. And I'm in the right, car. I'm thinking, right. oh, this is brilliant. This is awesome. Right, you know, right. I so, better get so this in, in memo format. Have you ever have you ever um, uh, wrote a play or anything? Have you ever written something like that? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, really? definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way through. I mean, start to finish. Oh no, not start to finish. I probably have, man. I probably have a backlog of. Oh, I want to say probably seven, maybe seven to eight books that are in like various stages of completion and none of them even close to being done. Like, I think the (laughs) farthest that I have, one of them is maybe like seven chapters, but uh, everything else is like an intro. Here's chapter one. I'm prepared for chapter two. And that's just where it falls off. Cardin, are they even remotely close in subject matter? (laughs) No. No, that couldn't be fun. Actually, the farthest one, and I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I didn't know. I don't know if this is a part that you, uh, of my life that you knew about. The farthest one I have, the one that goes the longest, is a fantasy novel. A fantasy? Well, okay, but that, yeah. uh, like what? Like in the realms of, um, like Lord of the Lord Rings. Of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, that, okay. That okay. Yeah. That is well, my uh, guilty guilty pleasure. Is uh, that's interesting. Novels. Huh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. seven, I'm currently like six or seven books. Oh yeah, yeah, but and and but they're just like chapter ones. So it's I mean, I, 
I can tell you the whole plot of the entire book, but there's only one chapter written. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? I shouldn't even call it books because it makes it sound more than what it actually is. <laughs> like short stories. Let's put it that well, way. Yeah. With no ending. Definitely, definitely that's going to be a topic for future um, yeah. episodes is because, again, you and I are a lot alike, probably some ADD there. And yeah. yes. the ideas, the ideas to do things has never been in short supply. Um, no. It's kind of just pick a, picking a certain, um, you know, picking one out of the 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 hundreds that that come along and deciding to do it. So and and going back to the original part of this about doing a podcast is that's one reason I'm so happy that we're doing this is that it's something I wanted to do for a long time. And I kind of, I I decided, I guess, after I listened to my recordings and I, and I really thought, you know, I don't want to do them standalone. That's not, you know, some people do really well with that. I just, it's hard to do that. I mean, that's, yeah. Could you imagine this one? I can't even listen to myself talk for longer than 10 minutes. Right. You know, no way. That's tough. Yeah. I couldn't well, yeah. And, and, myself. and, but, but I was like you, you mentioned, you know, you couldn't find anybody to do it with you. And I, I couldn't either. Nobody, no, you know, I was even trying to get my, my youngest son. I said, I'm like, Hey man, you know, this might be, it'd be fun. You know, I'm trying to entice him to do it. And <clears throat> it just wasn't there. He, there was really no interest. And of course that would have been a terrible mistake to start it with somebody that really had no interest in doing it. Cause it yeah. would have been short lived and probably really, like, right. a really frustrating, you know, experience. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so I'm really glad we're doing this. Um, I'm excited and, uh, hopefully, um, people will kind of gel with, with, you know, our conversations and our, I think they will. It's hard not to. We're, I mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. I would like to think we're just, you know what, we're, we could be anybody's friend. Yeah, we could be. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a couple of monkeys trying to figure life out, you know, (laughs) just a couple of pondering monkeys, man. So, you know, we've we've talked a a little bit in in the, in the week, but what's, what's been going on with you? What's happening? Well, um, I guess, you know, maybe uh, people listening don't know that you and I um, live in different locations. So we were doing this um, on via the internet. And so we're what, 110 miles apart, I guess. Yeah, about like that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, uh, my end, kind of same old, same old, um, live on the cattle ranch and we're doing the ranch and stuff. Um, And I'm working on, um, I'm actually starting a new um, uh, R&D project for a, a sports medicine company. And I, I think I mentioned that last time we talked about. So yeah, just starting. Yeah, a, I did mention that a little bit. Yeah, a new project. Is there any, a, a any prototype. details that you can divulge? Are you holding it close to the chest, or what's going on? No, no not really. I, I'm in this format. I'm not too worried about people catching on. Uh, your ideas. It's a rotator cuff um, rehab or preventative, um, like stretching, strengthening type thing. And yeah, um, it, it's an idea I've had for years. In this company I've worked with on other projects, um, had just kind of hit me up about you know, kind of finishing this one. So we, we completed a prototype or I completed a prototype. They liked it. Now we're on the next stage of, of giving, you know, getting it a little closer to a finished product. Oh, that's excellent. That's very cool. Yeah. So, um, and yourself, how's, how's life in the fast lane? Good. You know, kids, pretty much kids. That's the summation of it. <laughs> My oldest now is just uh, shouting poobus whenever he wants. Poobus uh, and peebus. Yeah. Now is he is he using them like a cuss word? Is he doing no, he's I, angry or just just nope, whatever? No, he just at the dinner table, a little bit lull in conversation. Pubis, <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Did you did you say pubis and pebis? 
pubis and penis. Yeah, so you know he's a three-year-old boy, so I think he's in uh, thinks the potty stuff is pretty hilarious now. And pubis uh, and pubis, yeah, and he just yeah, says funny. it all the time. So uh, that that with uh, Magna blocks, that's basically our entire life right now, oh, which nice. I love because I can get down on some. You know, connects and Legos and Magna blocks. Like, Absolutely, I did that so much when I was a kid. So to see it full any, circle, any Lincoln logs still around? I mean, you know, I I know they still make them, but is you, don't that... really, you don't really see them. No, I'm trying to think of the toys that we've been looking at, and I know that if you sought them out, you could probably get a pretty cool set. But no, I don't. I don't. Absolutely, um, I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, I never did the Lincoln logs though. I never did. I, I was a big thing for me because I was a big army man guy. Oh so yeah. So I would use the Lincoln logs to build, you know, the the castle or the buildings. Oh yeah. To, man, then wage war with the, the yes, raging war with the army mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We, we had so much uh, that we did that outside in the trees and stuff. Man, we had massive, massive battles of army men. Huge. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that it's so popular anymore. You know, with yeah, kids, I, I, you, you know, you don't see them advertised um, as much like when I was a kid. And I guess when you were a kid, you could buy the army man sets with tanks. Oh, yeah. And, helicopters yeah. and, and the G.I. Joe's, you know, G.I. Joe's. Well, are right. Right. And I'm I, yeah. And I'm talking about the little dudes, you know, the little. Yep. That's what like I'm three yep. inch tall. Yep. But you don't <clears throat> you used to see them advertised and stuff. And I don't really see them. You know, no, know maybe you. maybe that's a conscious effort <laughs> to minimize yeah, violence, I guess. Yeah, okay, I was going to say that could definitely be a social shift. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but then you look at some of the other stuff that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'd, they're just not techno cool enough. Yeah, I don't know, but it is interesting. So, so uh, Cardin, kind of moving forward to our, our main topic of the night. And so, yeah. you know, as you and I are kind of hashing this out, we, we've kind of decided we'll have a kind of an introduction, kind of get caught up on on life and everything. But we what we'd like to do is have a, a, a kind of a, a prevalent topic um, per episode, right? I, I yeah, you know, yeah. even though we've warned something to help uh, us know, stay. Our, our, our yeah, we've warned our, our listening audience that yeah. you know, this, yeah. this could be a windy road. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. But yeah. anyway, so the, the goal is to, to have a, a main topic for each episode and talk about it. And yeah. one thing that, and, and, you know, as you and I were talking about potential ideas for episodes, um, something that came up last, our first episode that you'd said to me kind of stuck out. And it was during your, your, your kind of your bio and you talked about high school and then you stopped and you said, did you like high school? And yeah. we, we didn't talk about it a long time, but, but you expressed that high school was not a very um, positive time in your life. So, no. mm -hmm. and, and you and I both, you, you taught and coached and then I, I yeah. coached for a long time and we've worked with a lot of high school kids. And I said, you know, why don't we, let's talk about that because that's such a, for, for people, it doesn't matter how old you are, but those formative years in, in high school and junior high and high school, they, they never leave. You know, they stick with you forever. Oh, yeah, for know? sure. Yeah, there's such a such a time of change and um, impact that, like you said, it's something you always harbor back to, I think, regardless of your experience, whether it was good or bad, you know, positive or negative. Well, and, and you'd mentioned that for you personally, it wasn't really positive. So would you mind, and I, not to, not to dig, but I, I would be, I would be curious to hear more about why it wasn't a real positive experience for you. Well, it all started when I was 14. <laughs> Why don't you lay down on the, let you lay down on the couch. And get How much time do you have? How much time do you have? Shall um, I draw the shades? You know, as I think that, 
and the more that I thought about this, it's it's this twofold that's happening, right? One is the fact that it is such a formative time, and I, I think that there's um, not especially uh, in my generation growing up, there's such a stipulation of what high school should be, you know, you between media and movies and everything else, there is there is a definitive high school experience that was being sold. So if yours didn't jive with that, you felt like you were doing something wrong, especially when you were in high school and you didn't have the wherewithal to know and none of this stuff happens. You know what I mean? Right. It was such a time when uh, movies that were coming out were all about the parties and the social life that was high school. And it was just, it was unattainable and it wasn't real, you know, but mm-hmm. as a high school kid, you don't know that. So you think that you should be doing more. There's something else out there that you're missing. And at least that was my mentality. So you have that combined with being in high school. I just didn't enjoy the content. If that makes sense, I was so bored in high school and not to sound haughty by any means, but it's just, I just got to a point where I was like, ah, I just can't, this is terrible. Coming back every single day. I have no um, interest being here, which, you know, directly influenced how I taught. Right. Right. So, and and do you think, so you were bored socially and academically or mostly academically or mostly academically. So then what that mostly academically. So then what that made was me be way more of a socialite than I needed to be, which then for me was, you know, a terrible experience in and of itself. I shouldn't say terrible because, you know, I, I made some friends and things like that, but everything was, uh, was pretty shallow uh, for me. And I think that that was because I was trying to promote this, um, this, image or lifestyle that wasn't actually the case. You know, it wasn't who I was. I was just some nerd kid that liked fantasy novels, you know, <laughs> but it's not like I could, that I couldn't portray. And also I wasn't a big sports guy, you know, yeah. I, I liked sports. I enjoyed watching sports. I would have liked playing it, but I was in such a big high school that unless you lived and breathed it all the way up into high school, you weren't making teams, you know, and you weren't, and you weren't playing. So after two years of, basically sitting on the bench in football. I was like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't even make my, my high school team in baseball and basketball. I had no shot. You know, we had D one recruits coming out and I couldn't, you know, I enjoyed the game a ton. I still do, but there's no way I could compete. I just didn't have it. You know, I just wasn't there physically or mentally, you know? So, so, so in, in your high school at that time and in what year did you graduate high school garden? 2007. Yeah. Okay. So in 2007, did it still have the stigma of um, the jock? I mean, oh, in your yeah. school, did you? For sports, sure, yeah. sports were the main thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely the main thing. Definitely the main thing. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. But we were big enough too that you could have found different avenues. But the, see, I think that the hard part for me was that I, instead of just being like, hey, this, this is what I like to do and then formulating friends from that, I was like, those are the, you know, I did the typical high school things like, Hey, those are the cool kids. And those are the kids that I feel like I should be along with. But really when I started hanging out with them, I realized we don't have anything in common, you know? So is that constant, constant battle, um, I think socially and that, you know, as a result, everything else kind of crumbled apart too. Like I wasn't, I, I did well academically into my sophomore year, but then I just, I just got apathetic. I just couldn't, you know, I just didn't, mm-hmm. honestly, I just didn't care anymore. I could kind of see through the facade and be like, you know, this is, yeah. and I wasn't thinking about college, but who is, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say who is, but you know, I, I just don't, I, that's, yeah, I don't know when, when people are there, 
and you're a, a junior in high school, it, it really is hard to even wrap your mind around the college or like think beyond a week, at right. least for me and right. my experience. But I don't know how, how, what was your experience like? Well, it's, <clears throat> it, it was, it was good. I mean, I, it, it, you know, it, I'm a little bit different in that, I guess, from listening to your experience. Um, I did sports, but I was a really late bloomer. So I, I had some success in sports, but it wasn't really until like my senior year. You know, I mean, I was, I, you know, I think I weighed, I wrestled as a, I think as a sophomore or a, no, as a junior, I was only 132 or 138 oh, pounds, wow. you know, and 5'10", 5'11". And then I grew like three inches my senior year, I kept growing. I grew an inch out of school or actually a little over an inch. So I was a little oh, over really? six two when I was 19. Um, so, and, and sports was a big deal because I really liked them, but I wasn't necessarily yeah. that great at them until, like I said, until my, my senior year, the summer of my senior year, I just, I, I kind of bloomed, right? You blossomed. Yeah. Now, what, I, was the, what was the size of your high school? Uh, small. We were, well, okay. So in Montana, we go class double A is the largest and then it goes A, then B, then C. And okay. we were a B school. So that would be anywhere from around a hundred kids to 300 kids. Gotcha. Okay. And so we would be, there was probably 40, 45 kids in my class. So it's small, you know, I mean, compared yeah. to some of these massive schools. Um, so, you know, so anyway, it, it, it was, it was a good experience, but I was a goofball. I was the funny guy. I was the class clown and the, yeah. the instigator. Yep. And, you know, I mean, and it, it, you know, I was kind of the, um, I don't know, I guess in lack of a better word, kind of a pack leader, you know, I had my group of, of friends and, and it was fun. And I was the guy that was always, you know, having a good time, you know, on weekends and just goof, we were, we just goof off all the time. Yeah. Um, which kind of double-edged sword because I didn't take school very seriously. I was, I was very insecure academically. Um, yeah, okay. you know, I, I've always, you know, I, I was terrible at math and I had a real insecurity about math, English writing, things like that always came pretty easy. Um, but the, but the math part. So I just, I, I didn't, I, w I was a little bit like you, I was pretty apathetic, but I, I tried early on, like in junior high and I did get really good grades. I was a pretty much a straight A student until probably about a freshman. And then things just change. And I, I think it was as much socially as it was anything. Really? Um, and I just didn't apply myself, you know, I mean, yeah. and I, I think a lot of people can look back and, and say that exact, exact thing. I was too busy goofing off and being a clown. Yeah. That's, as, and, and that's exactly where I was too. I was, I was way too busy with that, that aspect to, to apply myself. So much, to it was so, much, so much easier and so much funner. You yeah, know, it was. It was way more To, it was to way be more the, fun. the goof and to, you know, to be the, you know, yeah. the clown and, and, you yeah, know, totally. teachers would just cringe when they saw you coming and, and, right. uh, and, and there was a little bit of a celebrity in that, even in a tiny little school. I mean, you were just kind of known as that guy. And, and you, you know, you look back at your yearbook and that's what everybody dwelled on. You know, the class clown, the funny guy, right. the goof, yeah. the, the weird kid that, you know, always said the weird stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and at the time that was a compliment, you know, looking back, yeah. I'm not so sure, but, um, but no, I mean, it was good. So I, I guess I don't have, I don't have a lot of animosity or anything looking back at it. Yeah. But I think, you know, I referenced this last time when we spoke about it. Um, it, it definitely wasn't glory, my glory years. You know, I, I've, I've done a lot of things out of high school, um, but it was enjoyable. I, I certainly, you know, one of the things, I guess, since we've, we've kind of opened this can of worms is I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of guilt out of high school. 
Um, and it didn't come on till later. So, you know, till I was, a, you know, kind of a mature adult, maybe late twenties, early thirties, when you yeah. kind of start to look back and <clears throat> being the funny guy, um, and being quick witted, you know, I probably wasn't very nice to some people and, yep. and not, I mean, I, I wasn't a bully so much, but I just, I know there was instances where I was probably a jerk and I, I really regretted it and I felt bad about it. And yeah, that experience helped me a lot when I was coaching kids because I always used myself as an example about what not to do and not to treat people in, in right. situations, you know, yeah. because I was very sensitive to it. Yeah. Um, and I did, I felt bad about it. I, I still do because you can't take it back. Right. Um, and, and I don't really have any specific instances, but I just, I know I was pretty sharp witted and, yeah. um, you know, you know, an 18 year old kid that thinks he's funny, you say things to people that you shouldn't. And it, you know, anyway. Um, yeah. And I had uh, very much the similar thing to the point where I've actually sought out people and made apologies because, you know, wow. and, and, and not that I, in, in the same, same way, like. I would say, you know, I probably did it to a couple people when I happened to chance along and just as a, by the way, like, man, I'm sorry. I was such a jerk in high school, whatever. And most of them are like, Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a jerk in high school. It's like, yeah, come on. You know, I was, a, you know, I could have been a jerk and, and they didn't really recognize it. So I think I dwell on it more than they do. But at the same point, I know exactly what you're saying. You, you, you're not doing anything maliciously, but it's a quick joke and you know, you can get a laugh. And when you're kind of into that rolling and you're into that role yeah. and that's who you are, you yeah. just do it. It just happens. And, uh, and I agree with you. That's definitely something that I took into the classroom, being able to sympathize with everyone, you know, even you when, know, when you were a teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And see both sides of it because it and, is, it's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of a high schoolism. You know, because you do. Sure. I think such a part of maturity is that whole like, you know, I'm confident enough in myself that I don't have, you know, that's a joke I don't have to make or something, right. you know, <laughs> or you get comfortable enough with people and you can make the jokes and they know yeah. that's, that's not intended to be malicious. Um, we're, you know, we're pals or whatever. But right. uh, I think that totally is a high schoolism. I mean, you see it, you go back, you know, I went back, what, six years later and back in high school again as a teacher on the other side and you just watch it play out in front of you and you go, yep, yep. I, I was, I remember that. I remember being there and being on both sides of that. So, yeah. Well, and you know, something you just said that I've, I've thought about is, so if you have, if you have kind of, um, grievances with somebody or, or say in, in this case, like you said, you, you apologize, you know, I thought about it. Do you really want to dig that up? 20 years later or 25 years later, that's a, yeah, that's a good you, you know, I, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm asking because I really don't know, because I, I know there's kind of two sides to this coin. One is, um, you know, leave it, leave it buried and dead and gone, you know, and they're probably over it and you apologize and it could very well just dig up old memories right? or, yeah, or exactly. they may appreciate it. They may say, you know, yeah. you really have been, you know, I had a voodoo doll with your face on it and <laughs> yeah. this just saved your life. I'm going to take your picture like, off my wall. Yeah, cross yeah. you off the kill list. But, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, it, who's do, it yeah. for? Who's the apology for is to oh, make it, and, make and, you, know, you I, feel better? Yes. Or is it, is it sincerely about making them feel better? And 25 yeah. years after you made a smart ass remark, they probably, either a don't remember it or b care but yep. maybe they do and you know i i i found and i know that this is totally selfish but if i am in a scenario where i'm faced with somebody i feel like i should apologize to for who who knows 
even the something that seems so insignificant in the past, right? I'm going to make the apology because if it's significant enough in my mind to remember it, then what I found is that that apology in that small moment, as much as they brush it off, and it sounds really, it sounds really selfish when I make it out, but it clears my conscience. I say, <laughs> okay, you know, I feel much better now. Like I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. This person didn't even care about it really, you know, but now that I know that I've apologized for it and they know that I wasn't trying to be a jerk or they know that I've changed since then, I don't have to think about that anymore. Or but, feel but, the guilt that comes but Decarden, what if you just undid like years of therapy? <laughs> For them, what, what, yeah. what if they, what if they had that buried, and they're like, you know, uh, I, I can live a happy life now. I've buried this. I've come to terms yeah. with it, and never, then, and then Cardin Moore shows up. Hey, Cardin Moore, that time that I put all that yogurt in your hair at the lunch. Oh yeah, shoot, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. oh, but I, I feel a lot better, better now that I apologize. <laughs> okay, I'll see you later. Yeah, no, I know. But really at the end of the day, it's I'm more sorry, like my therapy that matters, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. As long as you feel better. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, uh, I know. And that's a, and that is. Um and, and you know, and I don't I like I said, I, I've read about this kind of thing where, you know, where when you have guilt, you know, and you wanna make amends, is that a selfishly driven thing? You know, what who's it really for? Yeah. Because if the person you know, again, using the the example of being out of high school 20 or 25 years or whatever, 10 years, five years, who cares? Um, you know, it, it, did, it, did it really make a difference and in, in who's it really for? And, right. and I don't know. Again, I'm sure there's been a lot of studies or a lot of opinions on this um, by people a lot smarter than us, Carton. For sure. Um, but just intuitively, it seems like you have to be careful about what you approached and why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I do agree with that to some extent, but the other, I don't know. The other part is that, you know, the forgive and forget is such a, um, yeah, you know, it's a saying for a reason. And I I guess, yeah. Yeah. Is it better to not apologize, acknowledge, acknowledgement if you were a jerk? Like, you know what I mean? If, if I meet somebody and 10 years ago in high school, they were a jerk, right? Mm -hmm. I know that in the back of my head. And maybe right. I've forgotten it for 10 years, but right when I see the person again, I go, oh yeah, this guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think we all do to some extent, oh, that guy was a real jerk in high school, right? Yeah. So, but if he, you know, yeah. we talk for a little bit and he seems like a pleasant person and goes, you know, I'm sorry for being a jerk in high school. That says something, don't you yeah. think? I, I do. I do. But you know, and, and I, I know I've told you this before, but after, after coaching as many years as I did, I came up with kind of this observation about young men and <clears throat> this is a little crass, but it's young men are assholes. Yeah. Okay? Right. And, and it's, it's just a maturity thing for the vast majority of them. They're, they're very, they're very um, self-absorbed. Um, they, they think about themselves. They, they worry about themselves. The world yeah. revolves around them. Yep. Um, and that it, it's very apparent how, in how they treat their parents, how they treat their, you know, siblings possibly, or girlfriends or what, or just friends. They're just, they're very absorbed in their own little world. Um, but, but so many of those same, you know, immature jerks, you know, you, 18, 19, 20 years old, you can just see this, the skin getting shed and these, these wonderful young adults emerging from that. And it, and it sounds right. kind of, you know, that sounds kind of cliche, but it's the truth. And I, I've just seen it so many times, you know, 
and I, and I've rarely seen bad kids, rarely seen bad kids, you know? Right. Right. And, and kids when I, when I, when bad. absolutely. And when I worked with kids that others had labeled as bad and I took the time to get to know them and to not let other people's bias jaundice my view of, of these people, I found that there was always extenuating circumstances in their lives that other people didn't take into account, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Abuse and just home life just being so so unbelievably bad. Um, it's a, it's a wonder that those kids were functioning at any level. Well, I, yep. And I was, I always went back to when I was a teacher too, is that if, if the guy, you know, is, uh, whoever it may be, if they're waking up and, you know, they're waking up their parents and they've got nothing to eat in the house and, you know, they're making sure their little kid gets their little, you know, um, brother or sister gets to school on time or whatever, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. By the time that they get to school, do you think that they're ready to learn about English? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so many yeah. of these kids are in such circumstances that making sure that they get their English homework is like the last thing on their list right. of priorities to do. Right. And once you can kind of get to that, to the person, you know, it makes, it makes such a, a huge difference. I mean, just look how much we're shaped by our experiences and then magnify that by high school, you know? Well, absolutely. And, and, and I think that the, the big point I made when I coached kids, um, especially in bigger schools, when you get into schools with a couple thousand kids, you know, the, the hierarchy between classes is a major deal, you know? Yeah. Um, freshmen and sophomores, you know, they don't even think about going into the junior senior hall and things like that. And I saw it, you know, and of course being a kid myself that went to such a small school, it was kind of new to me, but, but, you know, I, I kind of just thought to myself, well, this is bullshit. And, and there's things you can do to kind of help circumvent that. And I did, you know, because I was a strength conditioning coach. And so I would pair up freshmen and seniors all the time, you know, and it was so, I've got so many funny stories about that because the freshmen are just, you know, or freshmen and sophomores, they're just, you know, they're crapping themselves because they're just right. so intimidated by these seniors, you know, or these well, just, juniors just and think stuff. about the, uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the disparity between just straight up growth between, you oh, know, absolutely. you could get a, a freshman in there that's never even looked at a push up. Well, and with girls, it, you know, girls oh, can be so yeah. vicious and oh, it's a, yeah. it's a different intimidation. You know, boys are very much on, you know, the, the big dog, the, it's a physical intimidation. Oh, yeah, girls sure. yeah. are a whole different, you know, yeah. they have this, oh, man. they have this emotional, um, oh you know, intimidation and one look, one look just makes kids wither. And I always felt so bad because, and, but I guess going back to what I was saying about, um, when I would work with kids, I would always try to get these kids to step out of them, out of their own shadow and look and, and to realize that even though their life may be privileged, you know, maybe their parents let them drive a nice car and they have a cell phone and they have all these things. Don't assume everybody yeah. else lives that life. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, yeah. Be- and that's because you have I'm... no idea what these other kids go home to. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea. And, you know, the walking a mile in somebody else's shoes is such a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, that's yeah. the reason it's so used all the time. If you can get yourself to the point where you're able to, you know, empathize with somebody else, it, it makes a huge difference. And for a high school kid to be able to do that is is really incredible because it's tough. I, I mean, not only is it tough just because of the nature of high school, but it's tough for the nature of your developmental stage anyways, you know? Right. 
Well, and the, and the fact that, um, you know, and, and again, as a coach, um, I, 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 I remember from when I was in school, sports are a big deal, you know, yeah. and getting to play is a big deal and not getting to play is a big deal, you oh, know, man. so uh, not make, yeah, not making the team. And I mean, yep. and, and when, when coaches try to trivialize that, it's so wrong. And I, and I don't even know how a coach, anybody that did sports in high school or junior high or whatever should know that, you know, and to, to forget how important that is for those kids um, at that point in their life is such a tragedy because you, you, you really, um, you're scarring them for life in a lot of cases. And it's the truth. I mean, I'll, I'll bump into kids that I coached 15, 20 years ago and they remember very clearly their experiences, um, back in high school, you know, good, good and bad. You know, I'll take you, I'll take you one further. I remember I wasn't even high school. This was junior high. You know, this might've been like sixth grade, right? (laughs) I was, now this is going way back. This goes back, right? I, I remember playing football for the very first time and I had an older brother. He was four years older than me. So I played, you know, we threw the ball around all the time. So I felt like I had a pretty good arm coming in, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we were doing practice, like, you know, the first week we're throwing balls and feeling good, you know, making good passes and stuff like that. I was a little bit head developmentally and, you know, and mentally probably as well. So I could, you know, I just, I just knew what was going on. Sure. Right. I, I remember after uh, throwing, you know, routes and doing the whole thing for an entire practice, I had the coach pulled me aside and I kid you not, he took out a playbook that was probably, I don't know, like 300 pages or something like that. I don't even know if they were all plays looking back onto it, but he looks me into the eye and he goes, you know, if you want to play quarterback, you're going to have to memorize every single one of these plays. And I'm a sixth grader. And I go, Oh really? And he's like, yep. Every single one of them. And I went, Hmm, that's a lot of plays. And you know, like, yeah, that's a lot of plays. What do you Did think? his kid play quarterback too? His kid was a quarterback. <laughs> his of kid was the quarterback yeah and the other was. coach's son was the quarterback too those are the first and second string uh, self-serving coaches i know oh, and the, like you said you carry that around with you i'll never forget that i'll never it, forget that. yeah cardin i i yeah i get it and and i remember and and here's the deal like when i coach football i don't care how bad a kid is okay i don't care literally how bad he is. There's points in time in games that kid can play. Yeah, for he sure. He is not going to lose that game for you. No, he's not. Okay. It might not be every game, but we all have those blowouts and you all have those games when the game is not in yep. question. Yep. If those kids don't get their pads dirty and their uniforms dirty, they feel bad. You know, I mean, yep. it, it is, it is, and, and, and it is such a, it's such a line of bullshit that these coaches that say, oh, I just, you know, there was not a time. You know, what What a lot of coaches forget is that it is a mutual line of respect, okay? Uh, coaches always want these players to respect them, but but they forget, well, what about the other way, you know? Yeah. Yep. And in, in, in sports, the commodity is of, of, of the commodity of choice is playing time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, you can yeah. pat somebody on the shoulder all you want, but if they don't get in the game, they don't feel like they're really, they're worth anything. No. And, and I knew that, I mean, you, you can give kids the raw, raw all the time, but they want to play. They want to yeah. get on the court. They want to get on the field. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're grinding. And you know, you, you see that kind of, um, it builds a culture, 
is what it does. So yeah. then, you know, the kids that play, they're showing up to practice, they're doing the whole thing. But guess what? You need scout teams. You need Absolutely. the other side, especially when it comes to football, but anything, you know, you need good competition on the other side. If those Absolutely. kids aren't seeing a lick of playing time, then slowly they start dropping off. So by the time you get to junior and senior, you, you got nobody left. You got nobody out there. Well, and and not to mention the damage you've done to those kids. Exactly. I mean, exactly. truly. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people out that look at this and go, you know, hey, you got to toughen up, you know. <laughs> right. And right. I'm like, listen, I I, I get it. I, and, and not to toot my own horn, but I, I was a successful coach. You know, we did well. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a, as we'll talk about later, I'm a big believer in formulas. You know, there's formulas for everything and, and coaching's right. no different. And, but one of the key aspects of formulas uh, of the formula for coaching is you have to make kids want to be there. Yeah, exactly. You have to, right. you, you got to help kids see that, you know, and make them believe they have a vested interest in the outcome of this game right. and, and the practices and stuff. And, um, and you, to those to say, you got to toughen up, you know what, you know what the coach needs to toughen up a little bit. Because it's, you know, what they're doing at that point is just patting themselves. Because yeah. really when it comes down, the coach has so much more of a desire to win than they yeah. do have a desire to better their program and to better the, the people. Because really right. that's what sports is about, right? You're developing right. kids to be better people. Well, it's supposed to be. It, it's supposed right. to be. Right, right. And, and I'm, and Cardin, I'm not su ever suggesting at the varsity level, you know, you don't play somebody that can't perform and you're not going to cost yourself games. No. But, but what I'm saying is, there is always games that you can play virtually every kid. You I know? agree. Completely. And like I said, maybe you're getting beat by 30 or you're beating somebody by 30 or, or there's just, there's, there's, especially with football, you know, basketball is a little different because it's such a, a quicker transition game. You know, you can, you can have a flip flop of 10 or 12 points or 15 points in a, in a, a relatively quick, you know, time frame. but, but football is yeah. a little different that way. But, but again, it, it's, it's about the coach not forgetting um, those, those players deserve that. And it, it yep. means a lot to them. Yeah. It means, it means everything to them to be able to get out there and guess what? Their parents are still in the stands. They're still coming to the games. Yep. You know what I mean? It just, oh, it just speaks so much to the kids to be able to get out there and, and to be able to have a shot and they work for it. So why not? You know, yeah. you, you well, need their, and, you know. And, and you just mentioned the parents and the parents are so proud. They, they don't, you know, most parents, most parents in this, you know, we all have exceptions, but most parents are pretty realistic about their kids. Right. Um, although, although I say that and then I can think in my head, some parents that were on, you know, uh, <laughs> Neptune really. regarding their kid's ability, you know, and, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Little Johnny's got to be out there every day. <laughs> well, we're, we're planning on the, uh, 2032 NFL draft for this kid. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know, and it's I funny do. because a lot of times those parents were not particularly good athletes themselves. Yeah. Right. So, right. You know, the thing about living vicariously through yeah, other people. Exactly. There you go. I was just about to say, yeah. And you know, I would extend that even further. The kids aren't, you know, they don't have some kind of, they no. know. You know what I mean? Most they of it, yes. Yeah. And if they don't, no. it's because they their head's been so pumped full of, you know, yeah. smoke from yeah. their parents that they they really are out of touch. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, and that's something I've always said, and it, it ties in a lot with with high school and what we're talking about is, Life has a way of, you know, life can be really tough and it yep. has a way of, of teaching those lessons. You know, you can, you can kind of avoid a lot of those lessons. And I think <laughs> yeah, about can. kids, kids yeah. that are pampered by the parents and, and yeah. poo-pooed by teachers, you know, that, that haven't really been exposed to real life. And then they get out in the real world and people aren't doing that. Yep. And a lot of them just crumble. 
you know, yep. but, but that's the real world. And I, you know, when I worked with kids all the time, I, I emphasized that, that in the real world, you have to take care of yourself, you know, and yeah. it doesn't mean you're abandoned or you're all alone. It just means you need to, to be able to depend on yourself to, to make things happen, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's always going to do it for you. And, that, and absolutely. That, and as much as you would like to think that's not the case, in all reality, you look back, it is. I mean, it, it really is. is. It is. It is. It's totally the case. I learned, I like to think of that I learned a lot of hard lessons really hard. <laughs> you know, it just, it's some stuff that it was, I would make the same mistakes over and over again, uh, speaking specifically of high school, but, you know, and just keep, grinding it the same thing you know it took me a long time it took me a long time and a lot of paradigm shifts and a lot of um disasters that could have been completely avoided for me to learn very very simple lessons about yeah. you know living in other people's shoes but also if, uh, don't think of yourself too highly you know that just the yeah. stuff that you learn as you go through it took me a lot of long time <laughs> it took me a long time to learn that you know um uh, i'm still learning it you know we're, we're always improving yeah things that you know I'm well in in that hindsight you know it gives you an advantage to to not making the same mistakes again right. and, and then and again in your case and my case where we worked with you know we worked closely with with high school age kids um you know you 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 try to you try to you know open their eyes to that a little bit you know so they you know i always thought of it as you know trying to ease the curve the learning curve a little bit you know? Yep. That was definitely and, one of my, my ultimate goals being in as a coach and as a teacher to be, Hey, I made these mistakes. It's almost, you know, you end up, it's a, it's a bit of a fatherly type thing, you know, it's because it, it's it the thing yeah. I'm going to do with my, with my kids, but you end up, Hey, I made all these mistakes and I'm here so that you hopefully don't have to, you know, here, let me, right. You know, right. I can tell that you're going through, I know exactly. I've been there, you know, let me share yeah. with you my experience when I was a total idiot and hopefully that'll, <laughs> that'll, well, that'll yeah. help you to not be, you know, and then, yeah. and, and it, it's, that's what in coaching and teaching is so far beyond. It's just like when I was talking about basic training, you go there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning how to shoot an M4 and to throw live grenades, but there's also that whole other aspect of, you fall into a, a mentoring role and the next thing you know, you're, you're developing kids and you're not, you're not yeah. doing it on purpose by any means, but it's, it seems like at the baseline, that's what teaching is too. You know, yeah. the guy can't turn in their paper. Okay. Well, what's really going on? And then it becomes right. a whole right. different thing, you know? Well, and there's such a need. And like we talked about before that, and, and both of us saw it at the, at the high school level, again, there is such a need for being a positive, in our case, a male role model for these kids. Yeah, man, that's a whole um, other. It is. Arms, isn't it? Well, yeah. and you, you talk about, I know they, they talk about getting men into elementary uh, education for teachers. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so important because so it many is. of these kids don't have those, those male figures in their lives. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's, and, I mean, it's yep. kind of hard to believe, but it, but it, you know, statistically it's very true. Yeah, it is very true. And it's, uh, you know, it brings up a gosh, so many topics of discussion that is way too big for now, but just, uh, masculinity and roles and, and malehood and, and all of mm -hmm. that and kind of, um, how that's shifted and changed over the years and, and repercussions and, you know, the, the consequences, both positive and negative of, of that kind of shifting, uh, yeah, I did lots of studies of that actually when I was in, uh, when I was in school, I th thought that was a very interesting topic. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I, I guess kind of, uh, another branch of this is you and I went through high school really before social media. 
Yeah. True. And, yeah, and true. now, of course, now I have, my kids are older than yours, but, um, you know, I have kids that, um, social media is a very big part of their life. And it's, I, I, <clears throat> I guess I'm, I'm a, a realist to the point where I understand social media is not going to go anywhere. It's here and, and right. it's massively popular. Um, but I, I guess looking at what I'm seeing it from a different perspective on, is this really good for kids? Is this a, mm-hmm. is this a, yeah. it, it scares me, frankly. I'm it um, terrified. My, my, I'm terrified. Yeah. My, my youngest son and I, and he's, um, just turned 21. Right. So he yeah. and I had this discussion and it, when I see, and I'll give some, a, a specific example is TikTok is huge now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so Sarah's, Sarah is my son, and he was showing me these TikTok videos that have gotten huge. And so when it's a typical guy TikTok, um, there's, it's usually humorous and there's banter and they're doing something stupid. You know, they're, they're, they're jumping yeah. a bike off a, a cliff or something, you know. And, themselves, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of an action thing. And, and, yeah. and again, yeah. not to stereotype, but a lot of them are geared around that, you know. Yes. Um, but but flip to the girls and, and I'm talking, I'm going to guess 15, 16, 17 year old girls, a lot of yep. them. Yep. Um, it's about uh, their boobs and how they dress and yep. it's, it's, it's sexual, you know, totally. and, yep. and, and again, not all of them, but a lot of them. And I just, I mean, to me, I'm like, that's, that's not a good thing. You know, it's sending the wrong, you know, it's just reinforcing this whole thing about, you know, they, they don't have anything else to offer. So if they want to get a lot of views, they throw on a bikini and do jumping jacks or something, you know, I mean, and I know that sounds awful, but it's the truth. It is the truth. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I agree. And and I have to come from a place of little experience because I'm, and I don't know, you're not very involved in social media now, right? No, not really because I, I don't, I don't need it. You know, I mean, right. yeah. um, my businesses don't really rely on it and I, yep. I, I'm just not a real social networky guy, um, mm-hmm. to where I, I spend a lot of time, but no. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm in the exact same boat. So I, I, I mean, I can't say from experience of being on TikTok and seeing it, but knowing enough of what is getting the views, you're a hundred percent correct. And it, and it's, it, it, the thing that's sad is then that ends up being a mirror for then what high school kids are, are doing. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It ends up being such a poor and unattainable image that now high school kids themselves are, that's who they want to be. And that's who they're trying to be. Yeah. And you can see it like well, you can because, see it even in a small school like Shoto, you see it, you see it right. every day. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the example is there, you know, it, it, it's set. The die is cast. The, these girls that are doing this are getting millions of views and that yep. is the commodity. You know, we talked right. about in sports, playing time is the, is the medium of choice. Well, um, there it's all about the views it and is. it's like, we don't want to, the projection is people don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to mm-hmm. hear what I think. They just want to look at me. Right. You know? and, 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 and I think that's, I think that's a tragedy. I really do. I mean, I, I think it's terrible. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially at this particular point in our in our world where the Me Too thing is coming up and 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 there's such a, a drive to get young young women, young girls into STEM, you know, areas and, and you know, to pursue areas that 
isn't typical, you know, looking right. back in the years, it's not, it's not areas they typically did in a large scale. And, and yet here we still have this, you know, century old stigma of girls are made for looking at, you know, yep. yeah, we don't want to hear you talk. We don't hear what, what you have to say, your ideas and your dreams and all this stuff. Just, yep. you know, put on a bikini and do jumping jacks. Yeah. And it's a, that's such an interesting dichotomy because it does, it does completely counter it's counter to each other completely, but yeah, you can see easily portrayed on one side and then you can see the other side just kind of shaking their heads like we're never going to work and you get, but it's the same thing for males too. I mean, the, the images of what it means to be masculine, yeah. really what it means is that you can do athletic things stupidly, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. there's, yeah. there's yeah. nothing on yeah. there that's portraying masculinity or males in a shining light they just happen to be able to do it with their shirts on you know oh yeah and there's and, and don't get me wrong there's a lot of there's a lot of guys on there with their shirts off flexing and stuff I yeah mean, right it, yeah exactly it is it's yeah. not like just yeah. girls are doing it absolutely right. um but I, I think the difference for me and in, in being a dad and i've got a daughter is yeah. and and this was interesting because when i was talking to sarah about it i got pushback he didn't see the problem with it because in his mind it's all about the views. Okay. So the, yeah. the means justifies the ends, right? Right. Um, mm -hmm. or, or excuse me, the ends justifies the means. Yeah. So if the goal is to get views. Right. And you have to put on a bikini and do jumping jacks to get the views that, you know, hey, well, well played, doing, yeah. well played. And So and he's it, doing it. His is like a tip of the hat because he's, he's trying to get views too. He's in the same boat. I yeah, mean, really. Absolutely. And his, you know, I've seen his videos. They are funny. They are funny. Well, well his thing well, is he, he's he, doing he relies same. on humor, right? Right, right. You know, he's not, he's, you know, he's an athletic kid, but he's not ripping right. his shirt off and flexing for views. He's, right. he's funny. You know, his, right. his, it's a sense of humor thing, making people laugh. But the, the payoff is the same in his eyes. It's the Absolutely. monetization of the, the views in all reality, which is true, right? Because you hit a certain yep. amount of views and you will get a check in the mail. Um, right. Well, wow, and so yeah, in his mind, true, it's yeah. who cares how you get the views as long as you get the views. You're getting them. Yeah, that's really right. interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, mm. and uh, you know, like I said before, you and I didn't have that aspect um, when we were – because, I mean, I mean, think about yourself, Cardin. How would you have taken to social media when you were 18 with your personality? I mean, what, what oh, would you have been terrible. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it would have been <laughs> Yeah, well, honestly, I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest because I was – it's such an identity crisis anyways – that yeah. you throw that at me, I can't even imagine. And and that's why I think it terrifies me so much because um, growing up with this constant barrage of social media and likes and, um, you know, I heard it interesting. This was actually on that uh, that documentary I was telling you about, about the, at, oh, the, at the, the core, social dilemma. Yeah, social dilemma. So at the mm -hmm. core of like social fabric and cultures and things like that, you do have to care what other people think about you, right? you kind of have to care about what your family thinks about you right. and your, your neighbors and those around you. Right. Cause that'll dictate your involvement in the society, which will eventually, I mean, we're talking like a long time ago, right. This will eventually lead to better success as a culture and as a society, so on and so forth. Like you can understand that easily. Right. Right. But at no time was somebody supposed to be concerned with how hundreds and hundreds of people think about them at any given time. Hmm. And I think that that yeah, shift that has changed people's mentality so much to the point where they don't know how to do one-on-one -on -one micro relationships because they're constantly concerned with this facade that is the macro relationship. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is, I mean, that's interesting. You know, I met a guy, um, his name was Dr. Greg Shepard, and I was at a conference one time, and he was a speaker. And he spoke, the, the conference was a, was a tech and a communications conference, but he, uh, his background was in uh, cybersecurity and things like that. But he also was an industrial psychologist, and he had studied actually quite a bit, um, a lot of sociology and things like that. And, and we were talking about, I had lunch with him. And he had talked about um, kids and the social media thing. He mentioned it in, the, in his talk. And I, I said, um, what do you, is, it, is it narcissism that's going on with all the selfies and all this stuff? I said, is that, is that narcissism or what is that? And he says, no, it's the exact opposite. He goes, this is the world's largest social group. Everybody yeah. is included. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he said it, 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 it doesn't single kids out. It involves everybody. He says, let me ask you something. He said, uh, he said, you know, you're probably old enough that when you were going to get your picture taken, taken, what did you do? And I'm sitting there thinking, I said, well, you, you know, you comb your hair, you, you know, he goes, exactly. He goes, the kids now, they don't care. He said, they, their hair will be messed up. They've got pimples on their face. They're, they don't care. And they'll, they'll make the most unflattering pose. He said, it's not about having to portray or pretend who you are. It's this open, come as you are group. And it kind of blew me away because I never, I never saw that approach to it at all. Oh, you know, man. I, you know, I just can't help but think that that seems like it's romanticized to an extent. Well, I, you know, maybe I guess, but, but, but I, but I see what he's saying and, and I see this with my son and his friends and ex he was exactly right. The, the, they don't pretend, you know, they, you know, and some of the girls, I, I, well, I shouldn't even say some of the girls, some of the kids they do, you know, with the filters and they, but so many of them, I mean, it's just, like I said, these, you know, your mouth's wide open, maybe you got food in your teeth and they don't even care. They'll no. take a picture with half their face showing. And right. I mean, right. it's just, you, you, they're not trying to impress anybody, uh, you know, from that, you know, and I'm talking, I guess more this, the conversation was more about selfies and things like that. You gotcha. But, okay. um, but, but it just, it was, it was very interesting. And, and so he's, he's drawing this picture of this, of this massive social group that anybody can belong to. Yeah. Interesting. You know? And in that, I think is the, and I shouldn't have said romantic because really it's the the ideal, right? And I right. think that uh, the creation of social media, that's what was at their, their minds. Yeah. That's, this is what this could become. An inclusion. All yes, an all-inclusive group where everybody is welcome. Yeah. I don't know if that's where it's gone from them, purely because of the monetization of inclusion. Well, Joe yeah. Rogan, you know, and I, I've listened to a lot of his podcasts, and he's had some people on, and his his belief at this point is that it's gone too far the other way it's sure. it's very harmful and that's not just yep. his opinion he's had he's had some professionals on that say that you know the the data and studies suggest that this is harmful yeah, you know I completely agree. Um, yeah. and i'm sure for a lot of the reasons we've kind of touched on and and you know and i think back to myself i was making vhs movies you know back in the late 80s and actually i think we yeah, you know as soon yeah. as vcrs or vhs yeah. cameras you know the great big bulky ones you put on your shoulder you know yeah totally, um yeah. but we were doing i mean if youtube would have been back around back then i would have had uh, you know a thousand videos i still have vhs tapes of us just 
doing the stupidest things. You know, we'd make dummies look like people and throw them off cliffs and do all this <laughs> stuff, you know, like a stunt double, you know, and, but yeah. it, we were still ahead of our time, yeah. but we just, yeah. it was fun. And we would do, you know, we, it was just, you know, I, I look back at it now and I'm thinking if we would have had TikTok or YouTube when I was a kid, I would, that's all I would have done. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I honestly, because I, I was the guy wanting to make people laugh yeah, and I make, making the content. Yep. Yep. At making that the content. Was, that's actually the fondest memories I have in, in high school. When I look back, you know, besides like the friends and all that stuff, like actual high school in the building was we did that. That's what we did. We had an audio visual club. And part of what we did was we made content we put it on and it would air to the whole school. And, and it was awesome. I, I, I loved it. And I guess that's why yeah. I'm here now doing this kinds of stuff. Cause it's, it's yeah. you know, it's, it's relatively the same thing, but it was so much fun. It was just yeah. so much fun brainstorm ideas and, you know, almost like, how do you make people laugh? But really at the end of the day, it was like, what's funny to us. What am I going to watch? And laugh about? <laughs> I don't care if anybody else gets it because <laughs> the more that they don't get it, the better it is almost right. for me because it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. It's an inside joke. And if they don't get it, they don't understand humor, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was just great. Uh, and I, so I, in that respect, I would have been doing the same thing, you know, yeah. and I can actually YouTube some of the videos that we produce still, we did have them on YouTube. It was like at the very beginning. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and it's a great, it, in a lot of respects, it's a great time to be alive. Um, and it, it's yeah. a great time to be a younger person too, because they, you know, they, they have so much, um, at their fingertips, literally. Yeah, um, they do. You know, and, and creatively and things like that. And, and I think, you know, again, what we were saying about like what Joe Rogan, to name one person who's, who's spent a lot of time discussing the, the, the kind of dark side of social media and the effects it has. I think that's a very real thing. Um, yeah, but there's, but there's a lot of positives to it too. I mean, yeah. there really is. And I think, you're right. I think, I, you're I right. think it's like anything else. Um, you know, you moderation, uh, yeah. I think, you know, yep. when, kid, when anybody get, I won't say just kids, when, when anybody gets obsessed with something, um, it, it's, it's probably not the healthiest thing. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that you said not just kids too, because I've, I've seen in my, my personal life, and of course I don't hang out with a bunch of high school kids. So what do I really know? But <laughs> not anymore, I guess not anymore. I don't, yeah, you know, right, right. <laughs> but uh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of um, uh, your generation of people that are on it all the time. Yeah. Almost to the point where I want to be like, um, Hey, like we're here right now. <laughs> get off your, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to that point almost where, so I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a person to person thing. I think it's so prevalent now in our society that anybody is just as susceptible as anybody else. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I would say, and I don't, I guess this would be something to look up statistically. I would say middle-aged people, it could be even worse. Oh yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I it, it would seem to me, and again, with lack of data to support it, but it, my, my just, own knee jerk is that when you get middle age, okay, which I am, um, for a lot of people, you know, life is kind of settled into this rut for lack yeah. of a better word. And, yeah. it, you know, maybe it's fine, maybe it's not, but it's just kind of this rut. And I think it's at that point in people's lives, they, they, they start to look for something else, you know, yeah. they, 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 and I can, I can see the, the temptation to get absorbed with Facebook and with, you know, TikTok or whatever, you know, just, just as a way of kind of getting away from your own life. And, and right. I think, I just think it's a, a natural thing. And it's just another, it's just another way of kind of getting away from the reality that is your life. Um, I agree. And I just, I remember reading one time about uh, statistically that 
middle-aged men are the highest risk of suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my wife asked me, she said, why do you think that is? And I says, because you're at that point of no return. Yeah. You know, you, you're old enough where you, it'd be hard to start over. Not that you couldn't, but, um, and, and it, the reality of where you're at really sinks in. Yeah. You know, you've made your bed type of thing. You, you've made your bed. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and again, because I'm a, I'm kind of the eternal optimist. I'm always like, Hey, it's never too late to change. It's never too late. Right. You know, you do it today. You do it, you know, tomorrow morning you get out of bed and you make change, you take action. You make it different. Oh, yep. Right. And a lot of people aren't like that. And, well, and I think and the difference being is in look at the position that you're in because of your mentality though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I, I, I think that's, and that's me and you are very much that same way too, where, Hey, you, you're grumbling. You don't like what's going on. You have the Change power. It. Change it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was a big thing, you know, going back to the, the high school thing with, with working with kids is I always try to, you know, to teach them that you Again, nobody's going to do it for you. If you want to make changes in your life, you have to do it. Yep. Okay. Right. And you can't 100%. expect other people to do it. Everybody, no, they won't. You know, everybody has, especially nowadays. I mean, you know, never, never before in our in our lives, and in, in even in a generation or two, ha- have people been so loaded with so much. You know. Yep. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's sink or swim time for so many people. And, and, and I feel very badly for that. Cause you know, the, the thing that, that, that is terrible about what's going on right now in our world is this isn't really anybody's fault. Nobody asked for this. This wasn't poor planning that brought this. This wasn't lack of preparedness, um, at the, at the individual level. This just blindsided, you know, millions and millions of people. Yeah. Um, and it's very sad. Yes. However, however, with that being said, you know, what are your choices? You know, I mean, you, you, you can't, you know, I I wouldn't want to wallow in it. It, It's like, you have to do something, you know, take action. And, and I, I know people would say, well, easy for you to say, but I've been in situations where I didn't have much to stand on, you know, and I, you know, again, it it basically comes down to two things, action or no action. And I would rather be an action person. Yep. You can either, and my dad, told me this a long time ago and he'll probably never even remember it but he he would say you can either you know basically what it comes down to is you let the world pass you by or you become the owner you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. one of those things you get there's so many finite choices where it's like well you know things aren't that bad it could be better if i wouldn't do this blah 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 but really what you're just allowing to do is is the world is just going to pass you by you know Right. Well, it, nothing ever stops, you know, no, no yeah, matter exactly. how, how much, no, yeah. no matter how much you want the world just to kind of stop and let you catch your breath. It just doesn't work That's that way. It doesn't. Yeah, it never does. Mm-mm. It never does. So let's do this. I just had this, we got to do a monkey moment. Monkey okay. Moment. Awesome. Okay. And maybe this would be a good ender for us tonight. Monkey sure. moment. What is your uh, favorite high school movie? Oh boy. Now this can be two things. This can be a movie that's like about high school or the favorite movie that you watched when you're in high school. <laughs> okay. Um, There's some good favorite? ones too. So when did you graduate high school? 1985. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, there, there was yeah. some, there was some great, you know, one. breakfast club yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there, the there was, yeah. Um, See, mine's, all, mine's all junk, like hangover. And, and <laughs> weren't you, weren't were you of the American pie? Oh yeah. I, I had put those completely out of my head. Yes. We were the yeah, American okay. pie generation. Yeah. See, we had porkies, 
you know, which is okay, yeah, yeah, I've a, seen that a more crass, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hollywood Nights. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- there was a lot, you know, Sixteen Candles. Um, there was a lot, yeah. You know, actually, uh, Back to okay, the Future too. Right? I was, you know, what you just, hey, you just stole that right. Back to the Future <laughs> is probably yeah, that, that was probably one of my favorite. Absolutely, that was probably one of my favorite movies um, for a lot of reasons. But the even back then, because um, I was always kind of a dreamer, the the concept of time travel was yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, it's, it's funny because think about it, Cardin. He went from the eighties to the fifties. That was only 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Now I can look, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm more than 30 years old. I can look back 30 years. Yeah. It wasn't that big, you know, but you, in yeah. the movie you have this perception, man, he went back like 200 yeah, years. Oh gosh. How far <laughs> the past was that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say back to the future was probably literally one of my favorites. So what about you? That's a good one. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, uh, we had Lord of the Bingo. Lord of the Rings came out when I was in high school, so that was pretty big. That was a big deal. That was like an epic. Huge, you know, Peter Jackson's great huge. movies, especially for a awesome. fantasy, especially oh, for a kid that liked fantasy. You would right up my alley. And I was at that point, I had already read it before they had came out and stuff, and I was like, yeah, it was it was my jam. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was it. And you know what? We still do at my house on Christmas. We'll throw that on <laughs> in the background so we'll be like so my whole family's into it we'll throw that on the background we're doing our own thing whatever but then when certain spots of that movie come on everybody's kind of like hey this is you know the battle of helms deep or whatever and everybody does it there. no when you say throw that on you're not talking about the soundtrack you're talking about the actual movie <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> terrible christmas soundtrack no terrible christmas uh, alvin alvin and the chipmunks that's all we listen to on repeat. <laughs> God. God. well you know that's and, and that's one one thing is, um, you know, you look back and, and again, you know, I, I know that the topic was high school and looking back and stuff and the, the music, and this is, you know, we could talk about this for a long time, but the, the music that oh, you know, we, we talked last week about, you know, I was a drummer and music was a big deal, but that's one thing that I, I still love is it, that's an instant time travel for me is yes. to hear that, especially the eighties, you know, and I, and I know that seems cliche, but the eighties really, there was so much shit going on. I mean, you had the techno yeah. stuff, you had the punk stuff, you had, you know, heavy metal and it, it was really an awesome time to like music, you know, and I, I was a big music guy, but, um, but yeah, I, I just love, so I have my favorite movies, but man, I, I just, I could sit here for an hour and talk about the music. Me and you both. I, I still have times where I'll be running on the treadmill and one of the song will pop into my my uh, my earbuds and I'm just transported back to like the first week I was able to drive, and, you know, on the sun's <laughs> out and I'm just like by myself blasting, like destroying my speakers, but I didn't even care. Just like blasting music out, riding in cornfields like this is the best life will ever be. <laughs> You, you crazy nut man driving out in cornfields yeah, yeah you really illinois, get after it you illinois boys not a yeah. party well, yeah it, i just it, consumed it, music consumed it it was funny because when i was coaching kids i would make them listen to my uh my rock you know and and oh, of course in yeah. hip-hop got really big and rap and i'm like no no we're gonna listen to some uh some dirty looks or some you know 80s rock and stuff and and some believe it or pet. not they they heavy petting they liked it <laughs> 
it took okay. a while. Yeah. It took a while, yeah. but then all of a sudden, you know, it was yeah. it, because it's good music. And it, you it's know, good it's music fun. and it's great workout music too. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what it I mean? It's, it's great workout music. It is. But they used to tease me. They said, you know, uh, you're just stuck in the eighties. You know, you're, you're <laughs> stuck in the eighties. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm right here, guys. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm right here. here. <laughs> I'm right here. Come on. Give With my flipped up polo collar. Yeah. Yeah. And your pink flub t-shirt. Pink flub. Pink flub. All right. Well, listen, uh, we're, we've, we've hit the, the one hour mark plus a little bit. So, um, awesome conversation, Carden. That was good. Great great talking Um, to you. Yeah, no, it really was. And I, I, you know, just sitting here talking about just, it, it does, it makes a lot of memories come up and stuff. And, um, and I, I just think it's just really important that, you know, especially with, when you work with kids and stuff that you, you try to, you try to remember, you know, what it was like, you know, being a kid. And, and I just think that, you know, it, it I think being a kid today is, is actually pretty tough. I really do. Yep, you know, with the I social agree. media thing we talked about. So, um, it, it is, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to ponder. I think it's a great thing to ponder, especially as parents too. I mean, yeah. Beyond the high school thing, this is the same thing you're going to deal with. It is. It's not, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. No, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, buddy, until next time. Until I, next uh, time. I, I bid you adieu, and I hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. We'll catch up. Okay. Good night, Carden. Good night, Blair. I'm re-taping that at a little bit better volume.